It's funny because when I started this, I was really, really nervous before I came here. As we worshipped, um, I was in the presence of God. God just took away all anxiety and all stress. So I'm just thanking God for that. That first testimony 2019. So I'm confident by God's grace. Um, so I'm Adrian. Um, I'm 23. Um, I'm an intern at Imprint. Um, I studied computer science last year at DMU. Um, I'm a twin, so I've got a twin sister. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Um, she's in London right now. Born and raised in Croydon. Yeah, so who's, who's from Croydon here? Woo! South Croydon, South Croydon. Yeah, cool. So you know, let's pray. Let's get it. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are here right now, that your presence is with us, Father. And as I speak, Father, even in my weakness, I pray that your power may be perfected in it. I pray, Lord God, you may prepare my heart as well as the people listening for your word and let us leave different to where you came in. For your glory, Lord, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Cool. So let me start with a scenario. Um, cool. So like a family friend or just like a good friend of yours who's not a Christian and you want to, you know what, let me go out to have like coffee with someone in it and they ask you, could you explain to me what the gospel is? Cool. So could you turn to a neighbor and you've got like one minute for to explain to them what the gospel is? Cool. Go. Okay, amen, 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 amen. Cool, so, um, oh, amen, amen. So who found out hard? Who found out hard to do? You can be honest, who found out hard to do? Okay, do you? Who found out really easy? Like, pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, and a lot of people are being different. Who's indifferent? Should be everyone. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. Um, I want to start by reading uh, Matthew 28, yeah? So I will return to Matthew 28. Um, we're going to read from verse 1 to the end, which is verse 20. Yeah, so Matthew chapter 28. <coughs> cool, so start from verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. As for fear of him, the, angel, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know what you seek. Jesus, he was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, Come, see the place where he lay. 
then go quickly and tell his disciples what um, tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So, yeah, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to him, to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priest all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they, came, um, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him um, and keep him out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they directed. And this story has been sp spread among the Jews to this day. Verse 16. And now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, obviously, in this chapter, um, we see Mary Magdalene and um, the other Mary go to the tomb of Jesus. So, they probably did this um, often to kind of check out um, how he is. So, it's been like three days since, since he's died and been crucified. And they were met with an earthquake. And then Jesus, oh, Jesus, an angel was sitting on the tomb. And um, Jesus wasn't there, basically. And the angel told them that, the angel, um, that Jesus was alive and he's gone. Um, so the two women, those two women ran to tell the disciples. And Jesus saw them on the way. And um, they worshipped him when they saw him. So what happened was some of, some of the religious leaders, like the Pharisees and the scribes, met up all together. And basically they said that, you know what? We see that Jesus is alive now, so let's make a face, uh, like a false rumor, a false lie, a false narrative to tell that they came by night and stole his body, which was untrue. One second. It was true. Eventually, the disciples saw Jesus and they worshipped him. Cool. So before Jesus ascended to heaven, um, he told them to go into the world and, and basically make disciples of all nations. That was the last thing that Jesus said to them before he went up. He said, go out into all the world to, to tell them that Jesus, um, about like how he witnessed him, basically. And I love um, when we see um, 20 verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 12 to 15, it says, And when they assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient farm money to the soldiers and said, tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy, it, we'll satisfy him and keep him out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. So what I'm trying to say is that there was a good news, basically. And people tried to basically twist that and make it into false news, basically. And they tried to spread a rumor in it. And I think it's important to know what the gospel is, but also important to know what the gospel isn't. It's got to be clear what, what we believe. So what... So I want to start with what isn't a gospel. So I've got a list of three things. Um, so what the gospel isn't, the prosperity gospel. So who's heard of the prosperity gospel? Yeah, yeah. 
So like, I've, I've kind of believed it before, uh, by God's grace, I had to wake up. Um, but basically, um, the prosperity gospel is that if I put my faith in Jesus, that means that I can be rich, wealthy, Lamborghini, all of that stuff, and it's promised. So, of course, I'm a Christian, I haven't got Lambo, so something must be wrong. <laughs> um, and basically, we are saved to enjoy financial abundance. And I'm not trying to say that God doesn't bless people with money, but in the sense that it's not promised that we will live abundantly for all believers. You know? So we've got to check our hearts. And um, the main blessing that like God talks about in the Bible is spiritual blessing. How we get blessed to even know God through Jesus. This is the perfect blessing. And I remember um, I was talking to, my, to Calvin actually the other day about some people see God as a bridge. So like, oh, you know what? I'm going to walk down this bridge and then at the other end I'm going to see treasure. And God is just that bridge. I'm just trying to get to that Lambo. I'm trying to get to that um, big house. And God is that bridge to that. But I want to say that God is a treasure that we go into. Like, he's the one we're seeking. Like, what would, it, what would it look like if God was our greatest treasure and we didn't need to be rich, didn't need to have all these things? Our lives would be different. I think we'd be more generous, personally. I think we'd be more um, able to give able to kind of let go of things. If he was our treasure and nothing else compared to that, then um, things will change. Um, um, Ephesians 1.13, uh, sorry, Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Cool. So on the flip side, so the thing called the poverty gospel. So who's heard of that? Who's heard of the poverty gospel? Okay, so basically, basically the opposite of the prosperity gospel says that basically if you're truly a Christian, then that means you should be in constant suffering for your whole life. It's like, it's like, what? It's like which one, which one, which one? <laughs> which one? So it's like basically, um, basically says that, so if I'm truly a Christian, that means I'll be living in constant suffering, I'll be living in poverty, and this is the true marks of me being a Christian. And, um, and of course, like, there is a role of suffering in, as a Christian. Like, God put us through things for us, us to grow. But um, that's false. It's a lie. It's got elements of truth, but ultimately, it's a lie. And God has given us things in this world for us to enjoy. Like, food. Uh, money is good. Like, we should enjoy it. Like, it shouldn't be our God, but we should enjoy it. This is the blessing that God has given us. And God has given us money to bless other people as well. Um, cool. Um, we enjoy gifts that God has given us on earth, so primarily. So in, in the sense that there's gifts that God has given us, but we enjoy the giver more. So we can enjoy all these gifts and have fun, but the giver is much more enjoyable than things. And they should point to him, yeah. So like a nice lambo should point to God in some way, I don't know, yeah, or like whatever. Um, and in the sense that if God says, you know what, give us up, we'll be willing to give up, like, no question. Yeah, yeah. And I think if God says, you know what, give up your car today, like, are we gonna do it? <laughs> More time I don't drive, but boy, you know what I mean. So like, if if, if I if I had a car or if I had a house, and God said to me, you know, give the up and come for follow me to Ghana, in it, it will be, it will be, it will be, be, be a bit bid, yeah. But I think that's like when things are loose in it, and we don't have them with a tight hand, that's where we can truly, truly kind of get to know God as our savior. Um, in First Timothy six seventeen, it says. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So here he's saying that God wants us to enjoy his gifts. 
like don't don't think that you have to be in this constant space of suffering to say that you're a Christian. Um, cool. And the last one is the God is love only gospel. I said that again. Um, the God is love only gospel. God is love. Amen. God is unconditionally loving. That's who he is. He's a forgiven father. That's who God is. Period. But alas, but he's got so much more to his character. He's holy. Um, he's righteous. He's a judge. And that's, and that's his complete picture of him. I think very easily we get to this idea where, like, you know what, God is forgiven, so I can do what I want. So I can, I can do this, I can do this, I can do that, and he will always forgive me. But literally, if we truly understood um, God's grace, uh, we would change. You know? And if, if his grace is a license for us to sin, then we've never really understood it. Like if I say, oh, you know what, um, God forgive me so I can do this, then I really don't understand God. Yeah. And I think um, a great picture is that, I say this all the time, like imagine you've constantly cheated on your wife time after time after time again. And, uh, yeah, God forbid, God forbid. <laughs> yeah, and then basically she always took you back. She always took you back. And it will get to a point, yeah, where you'll be thinking, you know what, I could sleep, I could sleep with another girl again, but that would just break your heart again, you know. And it gets to a point where you don't want to break your heart again. So, and then you come back to her and you know what, I'm sorry, she'll forgive me. Um, I've said that a hundred times. And in a sense that she will forgive, I will turn from my sin or I'll turn from what I'm doing because she has always loved me. And she never stopped, you know. And I think it's quite crazy because when you even extend that picture, she'll be in the room while you're doing it. Like, she'll be present. She sees everything you're doing and she still forgives you. Yeah. So, that sense that, okay, God, that, that sense that God that God sees, God sees all things. <laughs> God sees all things. Nothing is hid from his, from his sight, in it. And if we, s- we feel like we can kind of leave um, and do our own thing and say, oh, God will forgive me, he's right there, in it. Um, John 14, 15, it says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In 1 Peter 1, 16, it says, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And Romans 6, um, 1 to 2, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. Cool. So the question that we've got asked of, what is the true gospel? In it, why do we call it good news? Like, why do we call the gospel good news? In it? I think it's important to know um, that it's good news by seeing what the bad news is. Yeah. So what is the bad news? Um, it starts with Genesis. Um, we see Adam and Eve um, live in a garden that God has created, and God has said it's very good. And it was so amazing, and they were walking with God in the garden, and it was they were intimate with him, and it was amazing. But they chose to do their own thing. That God said, don't eat from that tree, and they ate from that tree. And um, at that time, sin entered the world. And um, in a sense, there were four relationships that were in the garden that, that got broken. Our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, like our identity, how we see each ourselves, our relationship with other people, and our relationship with creation. All got um, broken. It didn't get severed. It didn't, didn't get cut off, but it got broken, distorted. Um, so in a sense that now we see like tsunamis and all these things there because our relationship with the creation has been different. Now we see like wars and arguments and beef because <laughs> our relationship with each other are different. We see, um, we see obviously our relationship with, with ourselves is different. We can see ourselves as, as really negative people. We can hate ourselves. We can harm ourselves. Um, 
and obviously with God as well. And Jesus came to restore all of that. And um, we want to go to heaven. You know, that's what we want to go. We want to go and spend eternity with heaven. But how can we go to heaven if we still have sin in our lives? We needed someone to come and take that from us. We needed a savior. We need someone to actually take that. Um, we're desperate. We couldn't have got to heaven and got to God through our own means. And that's why that's why we need Jesus to step in. And Jesus being perfectly man, oh God, sorry, and perfectly um so he sorry, he being perfect, fully human and fully God. And that when he died for our sins, um basically our sins, just like we did, he died for us. He died in our place. And when he rose, he rose so we can be justified, so we can be, be, be declared righteous. So now if you're a Christian in Buddha, then you are holy and you are righteous, period. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you will do. Your, all your sins, past, present, and future has been forgiven, washed. And now we can stand um, in front of God boldly knowing that, you know what? Jesus was the one that did it for me. So, um, this is what the gospel of Jesus offers us. Forgiveness of sin. Adoption as sons and daughters. Eternal life. A new family. New joy. New peace. This is what God offers us. And I think previously I mentioned the three kind of false gospels that I mentioned. These things don't offer that. They kind of promise something so big and so grand, but in reality it's like, nah. And I think it's so important for us to kind of um, grasp this is the gospel which we believe. So before, I kind of asked you guys to say, you know what, um, talk to each other about the gospel for like a minute. And I, I find it really hard to explain, condense it in a minute. But God has called us to preach it, to speak about it. Yeah. And um, we see in Matthew 28, um, 19, 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the very end of the age. God has called you to preach the gospel. That's, that's a command, yeah. But it's not solely by words, but by lives. But it's not solely by just our lives, it's by words. I hear people say, you know what, just live it, just live it, don't say anything, just live it. And I agree with that to an extent, you've got to speak about it. But you can't just speak about it as well. We need to live it. And um, God doesn't want you to be perfect at this, but willing. Yeah. Like, it, like I've, got, I've got my boy, the one say, I think he's gone now. But um, I've known him firstly about three, four years. And he came to faith um, in, in his final year. You know. And I was a Christian throughout that, throughout that period. And he's seen me do the most stupid things. He's seen me um, go raving, get drunk, um, and repent afterwards. Tell him, oh, yeah, bro, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And I was just a mess, but I was still a Christian. And even through my uh, me being imperfect, I was able to show him the forgiveness of God, the mercy of God. So even through my failures, he saw God's grace in it. So I'm not telling you guys to live perfectly because you can't live perfectly. But God can help you to live in a way that honors him and to speak in a way that honors him as well. Our job is not, is not to save people. God does that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, 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 um, our job is not to save people. God does that, yeah. So we're not out here trying to save people. Come on, be Christian, be Christian. 
trying to like take that minute. Yeah, there's it's not going to work. Like God, God does the work. Um, um, a verse in First Corinthians thirteen, Paul says, "I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth." Amen, amen, amen. Like, so exactly, we're just planting seeds here, man. Just like in Leicester, um, at universities and our friendship groups, we're just planting seeds. We're just planting seeds, um, and some of us are just watering, watering, and like, soon later, God will be like, Whoop, and uh, and it'll be grown. And that's what salvation is. Like, it's all His. It's all His. It's not ours. So we can't boast that, oh yeah, you know, my boy became a Christian because it was all me. What? Like, 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 like the one didn't become a Christian because I was out here. Um, speaking like mad facts. Really, I was just being ru- I was just being stupid, and then God just went and somehow managed to save him in it. And I think the pressure's off our shoulders. Like if a family friend or like a family member or a sibling or a mother or a close friend isn't a Christian, don't see it as your responsibility for that person to become saved. That's God's responsibility. And I think w- when, we, when we pray to Him and w- when we kind of like just kind of like cry out to Him, that's our way of saying, "Oh Lord, step in." Um, so, so when I was when I was preparing this, um, two things came to mind. What stops us from spreading the gospel? Like, what are the things that stop us from um, actually going out there and speaking about the gospel? Two things: um, thinking we don't know enough, thinking that we don't have all the facts, all the knowledge in our heads for us to even communicate the gospel well, and I might just mess up. And number two, uh, we're not confident enough or we're not bold enough to do that. So with kind of um, thinking we're not good and we don't know enough, God does not need you to be a scholar to share the gospel. You don't need to know the Bible through and through to share the gospel. Yeah, people have, people have, um, have shared the gospel and people have come to Jesus without you knowing everything. I don't know everything. Wale doesn't know everything. Um, Calvin doesn't know everything. Essen doesn't know everything. But in a sense, what we do know, we share. And we all have a testimony. That's the beginning. Like God has done something personal in your life that you can share with people. And I think we've got to start from a place of testimony. What, what has God done in my life? And when someone, when someone I receive that, I just share it. Yeah, God did this to my life. Like I can't explain it, but this is what he did. And I think through our testimony, that's where God moves. And um, it's amazing because it's like you don't have to go to Bible college to spread the gospel. It's mad. Um, and no testimony is too small. So like if you haven't got like a mad testimony where you're on drugs or something, and then God and God, God saves you, that you don't have to have that. Because you can have you can have literally I grew up um not grew up a Christian, but I grew up, got saved really early, and you can still share your journey, you know, and God can use it. Secondly, we're not bold enough or we're not confident enough to share the gospel. Um in in, in the scripture I just read, Matthew twenty eight twenty, it says Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God is with us. I think if he's with us, that means his presence is with us. That means we can go out into the world and he's always with us. He goes before us. So any kind of awkward situation that we might be in, God is there. You know? And like about two weeks ago at cruise, um, uh, me and Pastor Wale, a lot of people were discussing um, being wild for Jesus and, and what does that look like. And I think in obviously that North Korea and places across the world, people are being persecuted for their faith. And um, in London or whatever, or in Leicester or just the UK, I think we're scared. Of, we're scared about. We're scared. Um, we're scared like, of a little bit of awkwardness. So because it will be awkward, it's very frightening. And I can never get an awkward sensation. But how about we embrace this awkwardness? Like what would it look like if I was chatting to my boy and we had an awkward silence and I just embraced it? I just sat there like this, 
and just got comfortable in that awkwardness. It would be like love because, listen, awkwardness kind of doesn't allow you to really kind of press in and share the gospel. And I, th- I don't want awkwardness to stop me from that. And I think, um, yeah, I think we should always, always embrace awkwardness. And his Holy Spirit is in you. Like, this is, this is big. This is big. Um, God is telling me all this about his Holy Spirit. In a sense, when the Holy Spirit is in you, and if, it, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is in you, period. If the Holy Spirit is in you, that means you are bold. Like, you know this whole prayer that says, Lord, I want to be bold. Make me bold. You're already bold because the Holy Spirit is in you. So every single person in this room is already bold. Yeah. You just got to walk in that reality. You just got to partner with God and walk in that reality. Um, in Acts 1, 18, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It's like witnessing basically is um, it's basically testifying to what you've seen and what you've heard and to verify that it is true. So in the sense that God has called us to be his witnesses. He doesn't leave us on our own and just like, yeah, do it. He gives us his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit in us so we can actually um, do it. Um, Acts 4.13, also Acts 4.31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak um, the word of God with boldness. So basically, Peter was one, one, one of these people, and we see in Acts 2 that he already got filled with the Holy Spirit already, and Acts 4, he's been filled with the Holy Spirit again. So being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't a one-time event, it's a constant event. So he's like every morning say, oh Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And then God fills you again and again and again. And I think it's just beautiful how Peter still got filled. Um, he has given us spiritual gifts. This is big as well. And, and like Pastor Wale have kind of like paved the way and kind of shown an example of this. So in a sense, the, the sp- healing, um, healing um, p- 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 prophecy, all these that God has given us for us to reach the world. So many times people have been healed and given up to Christ. We see Jesus' ministry. Jesus healed someone and says, you know what, your sins are forgiven. Like it became, like, physical healing led to actual, like, spiritual healing. You know? And I think we should all be hungry for prophecy, hungry for healing. Like, I want to be able to heal. And even testimony, actually. Um, about two weeks ago, um, I'm a very skeptical person. I don't want to be, but I'm very skeptical. And I think the Lord is working on my heart. And um, about two weeks ago, I like a weekend away, I prayed for my, for my friend George for his back, and God healed him. And I was thinking, huh? He, he did what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, clap, clap, clap. Yeah. And I think God doesn't need you to be um, all like, oh, like, like certain in a sense, but he needs to be willing. I could have not prayed for him. I could have been like, yeah. But I prayed for him, and then God did the work in it. And I think even just that whole idea of like praying for healing, like, if you see your friend in pain at all, like, what looked like you just said, you know what, can I pray for you? Yeah, right now. And then just, just lay hands and pray, you know. And it's not about the outcome. It's about the faith that you have come to say, I'm going to pray for you, you know. And God honors that. And God will honor you. Like even prophecy. Like, um, I've experienced prophecy in the sense that when people speak, directly to you. Like, Karen um, has spoke directly to you many times, but you can just be like, yes, this is what you're going through. God is doing this in your life. And I end up bawling because it's so personal. You know? And I think when God has given you the gift of prophecy, use it. 
and you haven't got to prophecy, seek it. Like God loves a hungry, hungry um, Christian when he's like, you know what, Lord, I'm not going anywhere until you give me the gift of prophecy. In it, like I want to, I want to prophesy. I can prophesy, and everyone can prophesy, and we can, uh, we can all seek to prophesy more and more. Um, in Mark 16:15 to 18, it says, "And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will be, or these signs will accompany those who believe." In my name, they will cast out demons. Hmm. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. For they will lay um, their hands on the sick and they will recover. Oof. Like, this is what we're called into. This is what we're called into. Like, that kind of ministry. Um, back home in Croydon, I go to a church called New Life. And um, they've got a ministry called Healing on the Streets. So in terms of like they're in on the street basically, and anyone who needs healing or like a prayer, for example, they come sit down and um, they get healing. And so many examples of people giving life to Christ through healing. So um, I would just encourage you, like if if you feel um, skeptical about healing or whatever, just 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 pray. God loves God. God loves you being willing and obedient. So just pray, and then God will do the rest. This is a privilege and an honor um, to be part of this. Like, God didn't need us to be people who kind of go into the world and speak about him. It's actually honor, and it's a privilege. And for us to be in his plan, for him to reconcile the whole world back to himself is actually a, an amazing plan, isn't it? And it's a, for example, um, imagine if you, I don't know, imagine like you listen to a new album, and it's so good, and you listen to it, and it's lit. What would the first thing you do? Share it. Like you, you tell, you tell your boys, tell your, tell your girls. Oh yeah, yeah. Album so wavy. Listen to it. Listen, listen to it. And it comes natural in it because you love that album so much in it. And I just realizing it, it, the more I love Jesus, the more um, I fall in love with His Word and His Spirit. What can I do? I, I just gotta share it. I can't not speak on it in it. And it will be selfish for me to literally enjoy this whole album of mine. It's got like eighty four tracks, and it's every track bangs. And just got to interlude all of that stuff with him. <laughs> That's stupid. And and in a sense, that um, that made me want to share it. Like, it was so selfish. I was listening to it every single day, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm, I'm a, my friend just listening to, I don't know. Um, oh <laughs> yeah, listen to any music in it. That's not um, honoring in it. So I think that, that should be our heart. If we love Jesus so much, and if we want to honor him and keep his commandments, we should share it. Cool. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, and then Cavs are going to come back. Yeah. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father, that you are a God who speaks, Father. And you have called us to speak to, Father. And I just pray right now that you may increase everyone's boldness right now. I challenge everyone, Lord God, that this week they may speak to someone about the gospel. But I also pray, Lord God, you may help us to live it too. Help, Lord God, our words and our actions, Father, come into alignment, Father. And we may be your witnesses in Leicester, in London, in the UK, Lord God, and all over the world, Father. Give us burning hearts, Lord God, to share your gospel, Father. And when it's all said and done, Father, you may get the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.